This episode is brought to you by Hostfully. Using Hostfully, you can create a free digital guidebook for your listing so that you can save time creating a professional experience for every guest that comes and visits your spot. Learn more at hostfully.com. Welcome to Get Paid for Your Pad, the definitive show on Airbnb hosting, featuring the best advice on how to maximize profits from your Airbnb listing, as well as real-life experiences from Airbnb hosts all over the world. Welcome. Get paid for your pad. Get paid for your pad. Get paid for your pad. What's up, Airbnb hosts? Episode 271 of Get Paid for Your Pad. And today will be a very interesting episode with lots of actionable advice that you can implement pretty much right away in your Airbnb business because I am talking to Jeremy Mays, the CMO and co-founder or co-founder of Guestbook. Jeremy, what's up, man? Jasper, what's going on? Thanks so much for having me. It's, uh, it's an honor to be with you for the second time. Is it the second time or is it the third time? I can't remember. I think it's the second. You know, we talk every once in a while, but second <laughs> in uh, official capacity. Awesome, man. Well, I'm really excited for this episode because there's going to be a ton of actionable advice. Um, so Guestbook uh, is very well known for making really awesome resources about the short-term rental industry. Um, I, I remember seeing an, an industry map and, and lots of other stuff, but now they just came out with an, an ebook with 108 tips for property managers and this ebook is available for free totally for 100% for free and um, of course we're going to let you know where you can get it but I thought it'd be a fun idea to go through the book so I read the whole thing 50 pages I think you're fast (laughs) and I've kind of uh, I've kind of picked out you know sort of my favorite advice the things that I the best advice in, in in the book and of course, I mean, the, the other advice is also good, but, you know, kind of like uh, my favorites, I, I picked them and I thought it'd be fun to discuss those with, uh, with you, Jeremy. Uh, did you, you compose this whole book by yourself? Absolutely. Well, it, it, I wish I could take full credit for it, but uh, it was a combination of uh, team effort from uh, the marketing team over here at Guestbook. Um, some of the information, obviously, we created on our own. Some of it we compiled from other sources. Uh, but most of it was our own work, yes. Uh, and of course, over the last six months, we've been on a campaign to get other property managers to write in with their favorite tip or uh, what they're incorporating into their business. So uh, it really was a team collaborative effort. Awesome, man. Well, we've got a lot to get through. So I, I suggest uh, we dig in. Yeah, let's um, do it. Yeah, absolutely. There's, uh, like I said, there's 108 tips and tricks they're divided over several categories. And so the first category is hospitality. And feel free to mention your favorite tip as well, Jeremy. Uh, but here's, here's my favorite tip. Leave a handwritten thank you note at the properties. I really think that's a good idea. That's something that I have done in the past, but not consistently. And I, I very well remember that, that guests are really surprised. I mean, it's in this digital age, it's, you know, people are just so used to receiving emails and, and phone calls and messages and, every, you know, everything is di- digital. Nobody writes any letters anymore. I, I mean, when's the last time you've received an, an actual handwritten letter from someone? 
I received a handwritten letter about three months ago from uh, a financial advisor that was trying to get me to win his business. And I've got to tell you, <laughs> I was shocked. I was. Wow. It's, it's funny, you know, like it's, you know, writing a letter is so, uh, you know, it's, it's just so uncommon now that I can, I think it actually makes a huge impact when you, when you do. So that's it's almost like getting a phone call. Yes. I mean, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, my so, phone rings and my phone rings and, you know, I don't know what to do. Do I pick it up? Do I uh, send it to voicemail? Do I respond with a text message? <laughs> it's unbelievable. So handwritten notes, handwritten notes, I think are definitely, uh, you know, a great way to add a personal touch to somebody who's coming in and spending dollars to stay at your place. Absolutely. And what I love about this tip is that it really makes you stand out because, you know, very few people do this. And I think this is particularly important when you uh, don't check in your guests, right? When you're a remote host or you have a self-check-in option available because then you kind of miss that uh, the personal touch. And so leaving a handwritten thank you note or welcome note is, is something that can add some, some personality uh, without having the, you know, without actually being there. Now, you I, want to know, uh, you want to know what the best part about it is? Tell me. It's free. <laughs> Leaving a handwritten note doesn't cost you a thing. Of course, it'll cost you a few dollars to get some stationery and either sign it yourself or have somebody else sign it on your behalf if you're a remote host and you need to do it uh, from miles away. But nevertheless, it's a really low-cost way to add a personal touch to the experience of all of the people staying with you. Yeah, I remember when I first heard heard about this idea and uh, I, I was traveling, so I couldn't actually write the note myself. And so what I did is I, I wrote a note and then I took a picture of it and then I just sent it to my guests in WhatsApp. <laughs> How'd that work? Well, they still appreciated it. I mean, it's not as powerful as an actual piece of paper, of course, but, uh, but you know, and that, then after I, I got back to my place, this is years ago in Amsterdam, uh, I uh, I just wrote like a bunch of them. You know, I wrote like 10, 20, or so, 20 notes or something. Sure, sure. Well, I did it. Um, I'm about 1,200 miles away from my property. My property is down in Miami and I live up in Boston. And uh, it's something that I incorporated into my uh, operations about a year ago. Uh, and it's made a huge difference. And I can't obviously be there to write uh, every single note when my guests come and go. But what I was able to do was write it once take a picture. I did still want it to be authentic and I wanted it to be as close to my handwriting as possible. So uh, I have a friend who lives in Miami. I took a picture of the note that I wrote, um, sent it to her, asked her to go buy some plain stationery and she copied it out a bunch of times for me and that was a big help. And so then I gave that stack to my cleaning lady who leaves a handwritten note every time she, uh, she cleans. So um, my guests receive it when they walk in the door. It's a simple... Uh, you know, welcome message, thanking them to stay, thanking them for staying rather. And um, I've gotten a number of um, sort of mentions about that in reviews and just personal responses that guests will send me a message and just say, hey, thanks for the note. Very thoughtful. Um, and it's definitely bumped up my review score for sure. Awesome. Yeah, it's a great tip. And, you know, there's one other tip in this category that I want to mention as well. And that has to do with the smell. You know, you can use wall plugins, candles, and various air fresheners to, you know, to just make your, make your uh, house smell really good. Um, that's something that uh, I think not a lot of hosts do. And again, it's, it's, it doesn't cost a lot of money. Um, and, but when you walk into a house and 
you immediately, it immediately smells fresh. It just gives you this idea of, of cleanliness, right? You, you immediately feel like this house is clean, this house is fresh. This is an environment where I feel comfortable and an environment where I want to be. Absolutely. And I think that tip came in from uh, our property manager, Monica McKenna, who is the uh, operator of Crash Pad Girl. Um, smell is something funny. I've, I played around with it for a long time. At first, I uh, figured that I would just rely on uh, the cleaning, you know, the, the actual fresh cleaning to um, welcome guests in and guests would walk in and they would smell a clean place. But at the end of the day, uh, floor cleaner is not exactly a welcoming smell. So I played around with all kinds of candles and um, not lighting the candles, but just scented candles that emit uh, pleasant odor. Um, and I finally settled on vanilla, um, as she recommended as well in her tip, because um, it's pretty neutral. I had some uh, citrus scented air fresheners and I got a lot of feedback from a few guests that it just was too pungent. So vanilla was, is what I settled on and uh, I've gotten nothing but great feedback ever since. Yeah, I think that makes sense. Vanilla, pretty neutral. But, uh, you know, who doesn't like vanilla? I mean, the smell is... It's pretty. It's pretty good. If you ask somebody me, somebody out there, somebody out there probably doesn't like vanilla. But uh, yeah, I don't know who they are. Those must be crazy people. <laughs> vanilla <laughs> and chocolate are those two flavors that kind of everybody likes. In in theory, yeah. Actually, I I, I learned a tip a long time ago, and that tip is you could be the sweetest, ripest, juiciest peach in the world, and there will always be somebody that doesn't like peaches. But uh, for the most part, vanilla is a very popular smell. All right. Well, with that piece of wisdom, let's move on to the second category, scaling your business. So this is mostly relevant for property managers, but also for people who rent out their own places and are looking to find landlords who will uh, rent their apartment to them so they can put it on Airbnb, right? So there's, this, is, you know, this is relevant for different types of Airbnb businesses. Um, yes. And so, the, you know, this, I think this is one of the, the biggest questions that, uh, that people have, that property managers, especially when they're smaller, uh, or even people with one Airbnb who are thinking, hey, how, how do I get a second one, or a third right. one, or a fourth one, right? And so right. there's a lot of good advice in this section, actually. I, I really recommend people to read it, because there's, there's a bunch of things that, that, uh, that I learned from as well. Um, but, uh, but here's two that I found, think are really useful. First of all, you know, if you're looking to expand and actually do, do the releasing model, um, you know, it's a very good idea to meet with investor organizations. Uh, a major portion of the local vacation rental inventory may be owned by a group of investors. And if you find out where these groups are and you get in touch with them and you build a relationship with them, then you might be able to, to just expand your business very rapidly. You know, once they have a relationship with you and they, you know, and they, and they rent out one unit to you, and everything goes well, then if they have another 50 or something, then obviously you can grow very quickly versus having to find like new people all the time. Absolutely. Absolutely. That's a great tip. It, it, you know, it's interesting because a lot of people um, think about scaling their business uh, in terms of growth. And then when you think of growth, you think of marketing and scaling is actually a lot different than, uh, you know, marketing. I think the strategies I think are a little bit more, um, how do I say this? Um, strategic in nature, um, as you said, meeting with you know groups of investors in your local area or in vacation zones are a great way to uh, find people that own a lot of properties very quickly and 
if you form a good relationship with them, uh, without a doubt, they should uh, probably look to you to uh, take over some of the management responsibilities. Absolutely. The second tip in this category, uh, develop a presentation that you give to all prospective clients. Develop a great pitch deck that talks about the many reasons why owners should pick your company over others. And right. I, you know, I think having a great pitch deck is, is so important, not just when you are trying to acquire uh, customers for your property management business, but also if you're, if you're going to landlords and, and building managers, because you know, a, a lot of those people, like, they, don't really, they don't really know much about Airbnb. I mean, they probably know more about it now, but I feel like a lot of, a lot of landlords are still kind of in this, you know, in, in this box of, of thinking, yeah, you know, this, it's just liability, it's just trouble, like they see all the bad news in the media and stuff, you know, when things go wrong. And so, you know, having a, a solid deck that, uh, that teaches them like, hey, you know, doing Airbnb is actually a good thing for your apartment, for, for your home, right? Because running an, a successful Airbnb business means that you have to keep it clean. You have to keep it well-maintained. You know, you, you're never going to have any problems with like squalors or people who, you know, rent your apartment and, and turn it into a pixel or anything like that. Absolutely. Um, it's, it's a business. And so you, you got to, you know, you got to maintain it. And I think that's in the interest of the landlord. Yeah, it's also in your interest because as you're developing these relationships and you're uh, soliciting landlords and you're talking to homeowners associations and meeting with investors, et cetera, uh, you want to make sure that you present yourself as a professionally uh, managed business, that it's you know above board, it's by the books, that you have a good reputation. Uh, that your interests align with their interests. And uh, in the property management business, especially I think when you're smaller, um, oftentimes I think you can find that you're just kind of winging it. You know, you start with one property and then maybe your friend has a property and, you know, someone else has a property. And so you're acquiring these properties organically. But when you make that big push to go from sort of a small business to a larger business or a large business into an even larger business, you really want to put a professional presentation and a professional face on everything that you do from uh, talking to guests all the way to um, talking to landlords that are going to be the gatekeepers to your business running smoothly uh, and to you acquiring more properties. Hi, my name is Margot and I'm the CEO of Hostfully. We are on a mission to make local travel a lot better and we're starting with digital guidebooks to make that happen. Using Hostfully digital guidebooks, which work great on any mobile device on desktop and in print, you can share important property information and local recommendations with your guests. You can also save time and create a great guest experience that each traveler will appreciate. Hostfully guidebooks are very fast to make and we've included some advanced features where you can feature your custom logo, your colors, custom categories, and essentially your brand. Please take a chance to check us out at hostfully.com. And so let's move on to the next category, team sure. building and management. Always show your staff how much you appreciate them. Your team is on the front lines and always be doing things to thank them for their hard work. Absolutely. And that's that's my favorite piece of advice in this category. I'll, I'll let you go first, Jeremy. You sure. Seem, so, you seem um, passionate about this. I, I am. I, I, you know, I really am. You know, it, it's a really important category to make sure that um, you treat your staff well. At the end of the day, if you don't have good staff and they're not reliable, then uh, your business may uh, fold. It, you know, your staff is really going to uh, be the backbone of a large and even a medium-sized operation, and oftentimes even a small operation. Uh, 
I only have one property and uh, it's located, as I said, 1,200 miles away. My cleaning woman, uh, who acts as uh, the, mail, the mail person, uh, the supply restocker, um, the uh, cleaning person, obviously, and she secured my place during uh, a couple of hurricanes uh, that hit Miami uh, in a couple of bad storms, and I've come to really rely on her. And so while you can think about it from the aspect of profitability, low wages, high, high margin, quick efficiency around turnaround uh, and turnover, you also need to think a bit around uh, team satisfaction, team health. Um, are the people who are working for you and working with you invested in uh, the outcomes that you desire, which is happy guests and more properties? So uh, think about how you treat your guests, uh, invest in them, and they'll invest in you. Absolutely. I can't agree more. Going back to my when I was still renting out in Amsterdam, the way I thought about it was, you know, my, my cleaning lady, she was making a certain amount of money cleaning hotels. Mm-hmm. And so I gave her a, a significant amount more than that. And as a result, just like you said, like she was so invested in my place, you know, she was doing everything she could in order to, to, you know, help me be successful at Airbnb because she knew, you know, if, if this, if this thing is successful, then, you know, I get to keep this job. Right. Yeah. And so, I'm I'm 100% uh, on board with that. Uh, treat it's it's you know it's very easy to kind of treat your employees as as employees as just as as people that do something that benefits you and and forget kind of you know these are human beings and yeah. you want to you want to build a relationship with them you want to as an employer I think you want to look after them you want to you know do whatever is in your power to to make them feel appreciated and that might even be more important than the monetary aspect right. To just make make sure that they that you that you show your appreciation, right? Because a lot of times I think people have appreciation, but then they might not show it, or they might show it not show it in the way that it's it's uh, you know it's actually uh, well received by by the employees. So I think that's something that um, that you really have to think about. It reminds me of this thing. Have you ever heard Have you ever heard of this thing called love languages? Love languages. Yeah, I mean, this is a completely different topic, but <laughs> I just thought about it. Well, I mean, yeah, I've heard of love languages before, of course, yeah. Yeah, no, it's a, now there's, all, there's an actual, like, theory about, like, love languages. It's, uh, it's like, you know, people show their love in a way, but that's not necessarily how, how it comes across to the other person, right? So you got to gotta find out, like, how does, how does your partner feel loved? Like, what are the things that I can do in order to, that my partner feels loved? And that might not uh-huh. be the thing that makes you feel loved, and so, you know, there could right. be a discrepancy, and I guess that's that's you know whenever you have a relationship with with another human being, you got to be aware of you know what what you think might not be what the other person thinks, right? Yeah. Well, think about you know think about the humanity aspect of how you treat your employees uh, and your staff and your team members. And so, for example, every single little thing that my cleaning lady does for me, uh, above and beyond just cleaning my place, I pay her for it. Um, and I always make sure to say thank you. Uh, I always say please. I always say thank you. I always ask her if it's an inconvenience. And, you know, in reality, um, do I need to ask? Well, it's probably part of her job to a certain extent. But then there are the intangibles. So when I'm running low on supplies, she, she just automatically goes to uh, the store and lets me know. She snaps a picture of the receipt and I reimburse her for it. Um, not only do I reimburse her for the cost of the supplies, but I throw... Um, an extra 15 or $20 on top of it because uh, there was also time involved. 
and so I could probably be a bit better at keeping a central um, stash of supplies that might help me reduce my costs. But at the end of the day, um, treating her well um, is first and foremost on the top of my priority list. And let me give you a quick example um, as to when it benefited me. Two times that I can think of specifically. One, I had a guest who locked herself out at 1.30 in the morning. In fact, she wasn't even locked out. She just came in from a flight from uh, Croatia. And it turned out that the um, smart lock that was on our front door uh, wasn't working. So she had just come in after probably 12, 15 hours of traveling, uh, standing in a hallway in a strange building in the middle of the night. I'm 1,200 miles away. She had all kinds of anxiety. and just because uh, she was such a great woman, my clean lady woke up in the middle of the night, drove the 15 minutes over to uh, my building and let her in. Didn't blink an eye. Um, in that one instance, I decided to throw $100 at my cleaning lady. She didn't want it. She tried to give it back to me, but um, you know, I made sure that she, she took it for her trouble and for being so willing to get up in the middle of the night. Uh, and the other instance was uh, about a year and a half ago, we had a major hurricane down in uh, in Miami. And I'm thinking, who can I call to just secure my windows and unplug all the electronics and pull my furniture away from, you know, the windows in case they blew in. Um, and as I'm thinking about it, I get a call from uh, Judy and she says, Hey, I'm at the apartment. I just wanted to let you know that I've taken care of everything. I've put plastic over the windows. I've unplugged everything. I put everything in the closet and, uh, you know, we're heading out of town now, but I didn't want you to sit and worry about your, your place. And so I think those are the differences uh, between somebody who just works for you uh, and somebody who's really invested in uh, your business as much as you are. Great stuff, man. Great stuff. Thank you for sharing that. Yeah. Um, let's go to the next category because I can already tell that we'll, we'll probably be able to talk for a long time about all of these. So we could. Uh, we could. We definitely could. Um, next category, communications. I would recommend setting up a back-end group chat on instant messaging apps like WhatsApp, Telegram, as almost everyone uses it these days. That's great advice. I actually do that uh, as, as we speak. The, the rooms that I manage in Egypt, the kitesurfing um, school slash bed and breakfast, mm -hmm. uh, the first thing I do when I get a booking is I go on WhatsApp and I create a group with me the, the guest and uh, the owner of, of the of the B&B so that we all know what's going on everyone's everyone's on the same page and I think it's also very the guests are always, always appreciated as well because you know they they instantly have a way to contact you directly and it's you know it's a bit more direct than like an Airbnb message or an email and right. um, and yeah you can share location you can share pictures you can share lots of stuff you can share videos so you can make it personal too by just recording a video. Um, and one time when it really helped me out was when a, we had a Chinese guest and she, she wasn't able to, to find the location of the, of the bed and breakfast. And um, I literally like went on WhatsApp and you know, found, the, found the location on the map, sent her the location. And we ended up voice calling as well. And you know, if it wasn't for WhatsApp, uh, I, I don't think I would have been able to to really communicate to her, you know, where, how she, uh, how, the best way for her to arrive at the property. It was, it was kind of a, a tricky situation. So she was kind of scared and, 
sure. you know, the first time in Egypt. And I have to say, it's, it's a bit of a, you know, you're kind of in the middle of nowhere. There was a bunch of dogs chasing her. So she was kind of in panic. Oh my God. And uh, yeah, so in the end, of the, in the end I, I was able to make it work and she was happy. So, yeah. Yeah, there's, I think really in hospitality in the short-term rental industry, nothing is more important than communications. Uh, oftentimes, I think we take for granted that um, you know, these guests are just going to be familiar and have an easy way to get into the place, even if you're providing detailed um, check-in instructions. But we don't account for the variables like uh, smart lock not working or the front door to a unit being a little bit off the beaten path, or maybe it's not so obvious. What might be obvious to you isn't necessarily obvious to somebody else. And also just giving someone a way to ask a simple question. Um, again, even if that question is silly to you, even if you've been asked it a thousand times by um, previous guests who are coming into your place, um, the more you can do to make somebody feel comfortable, uh, the more you can do to reassure a traveling guest who may be in a country for the first time that uh, even if something does happen, that they have a really great and easy way to get in contact, um, the more you're going to succeed uh, and the happier guests are going to be. Let's move to the next category, efficiency. Yeah, one and, of my uh, favorites. Yep. And well, you know, I'm going to read up your advice actually on this one. So why don't you go for it? Share it yourself. Yeah. So when I first started my uh, Airbnb business down in Miami, I don't think I was really thinking things through. I had a set of sheets for the bed, I had a couple of towels, and figured that my cleaning lady could just wash them in between each. Uh, in between each day. Well, I wasn't really accounting for uh, a couple of things. One, what happens if a guest who's staying there for more than a couple of nights spills something on the sheets, spills something on the towels? Um, and two, what happens in those instances where I have same-day turnovers? So uh, very quickly, I learned this the hard way. I uh, bought a couple of extra sets of towels, bought a couple of extra sets of sheets, um, and just keep them in the closet. Um, when there's a turnover, my cleaning lady will come in, she'll strip off the uh, dirty sheets, she'll pile up the dirty towels, she'll take them with her, uh, and uh, she will put on a new set that's either in the, ta in, the, uh, in the closet or something that she brought with her from uh, outside the unit. The reason why this really speaks to efficiency, obviously, is because now we don't have to wait, uh, sit around and wait for uh, the sheets and the towels to go through the laundry cycle, which will take uh, anywhere from an hour and a half to two hours. And so just being able to quick swap out, um, put in fresh stuff, take the old stuff with us, um, makes turnover a lot faster. When she was uh, washing on site, uh, it was taking her about three hours to clean the place. Now she's out of there in about an hour and a half. And that's a big difference. Absolutely. This is, I learned this the hard way as well. At some point, I realized that it, uh, I, was getting, I was getting stuck with, uh, just like you said, with back-to-back -back bookings or if something, something goes wrong. And so I remember going to the market. There's a, there was a big street market right behind my house in Amsterdam. And I just completely stocked up on, on sheets, towels, pillows, like all that kind of stuff. Blank, I bought extra blankets as well. And yeah. I think I ended, ended up spending roughly the equivalent of two nights. Right. Two right. nights stay at my, at my place. And I was like, wow, just that's like, I mean, it was still like four or 500 euros, but, you know, comp compared to how many nights I would have to 
book to make that money back, it, it, it just seemed like uh, such a no-brainer. Yeah, when I calculated the cost of you know, paying, you know, paying the additional time for uh, cleanings combined with uh, the satisfaction of guests to come in and uh, get in quickly and you know, turn the place over quickly and uh, have different bedding on the sheets every single time and have extra bedding and extra towels in the place, you know, against, you know, a couple hundred dollars that I spent to buy the sheets, it was a no-brainer. Interior design is our next category, and this is okay. a, a really interesting tip. And you know, I, I, I don't think I ever thought about this. Maybe, maybe I have at one point, but uh, it's, it's about a luggage rack. It, say, it will save your furniture from dirty suitcases and bags, and it's great to help guests pack and unpack. And this is so true. Like whenever I stay in a hotel, I always use the luggage rack. Always, and always, always. And I, you know, I thought about it. Like, it's such a simple device. Like, why, why is that so valuable? And so I started thinking, you know, what do I do when I when I check into an Airbnb and there's no luggage rack? I immediately look for a place where I can put my suitcase. I don't want to put it on the ground because then, you know, I have to I have to like, kneel down in order to get stuff out. Oh yeah. You know, I typically, if I stay for a couple of days, I typically don't unpack my suitcase. I just take stuff from my suitcase when when just I'm, live right out of it, huh? Exactly. So you know, it's nice when it's elevated, but then I don't want to put it on the bed because it's you know it's kind of dirty, it's black, so I don't want to make any yeah. uh, you know I don't want to make any uh, <clears throat> any I said that uh, stripes or something on on, on marks, bed sheets. Yeah. You know what I mean? So, and then if you put it in the closet, then it's not really convenient. You can't really open it. And, and so a luggage rack is really the, the perfect solution. And I guess that's why hotels have luggage racks in the first place. <laughs> that, that is why they were invented, Jasper. That's right. So, yeah, just my two cents on this quickly is um, uh, above and beyond all the reasons that you just mentioned. Um, there was something that you said that really um, occurred to me. In my rental, I've got a great closet. Um, the closet has shelves and, you know, uh, you know, bars with lots of hangers, but I don't have a dresser. Um, the configuration of the, of the way I designed it just didn't account for a dresser. And so uh, frequently when I travel to my own place, I live out of my suitcase, um, as I believe other people do too, like you said. And so having that luggage rack in a lot of instances can substitute a dresser, um, you know, as well as all the other benefits that you mentioned. So, and it's cheap. And when it's not in use, it folds. It, it can slide under a bed. Um, it can fold up and stand in the closet or behind a door against a wall or behind, you know, a chair or a sofa. So, yeah, it's a great investment. A no-brainer, I would say. Next category, general operations. Sure. So the tip in this category is foster positive and lasting relationships with residents and owners. Always be thinking of ways to surprise or bring a little smile to your owners. So this refers to people who have a property management business. Right. They, they have clients, right? They have people who, um, who they manage their Airbnbs and their, and their properties and stuff. This is something that I'm personally not that familiar with. If there's one thing I've learned in life, then it is that it's, it's all about relationships, right? Everything is about relationships. Um, just about everything. People buy from people they like unless you have the cure for cancer. Uh, and so, uh, for example, in, in this business, especially for property managers, you have units scattered across town in multiple buildings, sometimes in different towns. 
you've got people coming and going for your units. I think oftentimes it's uh, easy for, for easy to forget, especially in buildings, uh, that there are residents that live in these buildings, even if they're mostly investor-owned buildings. Uh, and so sooner or later, um, something is going to happen, um, good, bad, or indifferent, but something is going to happen. And having a relationship with the person across the hall, uh, having a pr- relationship with uh, the people who live downstairs, having a deep relationship with uh, the owner of the building. So in the event that something goes wrong, I think it's a much more manageable conversation. If you have a relationship with the people across the hall, uh, the people who live across the hall may uh, be the first to call you if there is a raging party. Uh, they may be willing to hold an extra key. Um, they may be a little bit more understanding if there's a noise disturbance. Um, and so that call may come to you before it goes to the police. Um, uh, same with your owners. If you know business is going really well, then um, the relationship with the owner is going to be great. Uh, but if something happens in the unit um, that the owner owns, uh, or if there's an incident at the unit that you know, needs to involve the owner, um, I think oftentimes relationships will make sure that that is at least a little bit of an easier conversation than if you were just transactional or a complete stranger. That's really good advice. I, I really like it. Next category is profitability. And this is actually a category that I myself submitted a piece of advice. Jeremy asked me to contribute, and of course I did. And it has to do with calendar gaps. You know, I always found it really, really hard to fill up those one or two day gaps in my calendar. Mm-hmm. And so my first strategy was to just lower the price and just keep lowering the price. But then I realized it's just, you know, it's just so coincidental that somebody happens to, to need that, that single day, you know, that, that Tuesday night or that Wednesday night or, or the Tuesday and the Wednesday, especially when you're living in a city like Amsterdam where people mm-hmm. generally visit during in the weekends, right? And so, you know, I, I wasn't very successful at filling up these gaps. And then, and then one day I got a booking and it kind of created a, a one-day gap in my, in my calendar. Mm-hmm. And I, I happened to, to be in conversation with these guests and they told me they hadn't booked their travels yet. And so then it occurred to me to, to suggest to them, I was like, you know what, I, your booking creates a one-day gap. If you want to stay a day extra, I'll give it to you for 50% of the price. And, uh, and they literally, they thought about it for five minutes and they said, yeah, why not? We'll, we'll take sure. an extra day off. Sure. And Better to get 50% than no percent, right? Yeah. But, but on top of that, they, they really appreciate it. Yeah. They were, they were very, uh, they were very thankful that, uh, I offered this to them. So it was such a win-win situation. And so from then on, that's, that's my favorite way to, to fill up those little gaps. And I know that, uh, I've, I've given this advice to, to many people in the last, last couple of years. And almost always, they'll get back to me within a couple of days and say, like, hey, I just filled up a gap. Yeah, it's great. It's really is great advice. I, I think a lot of uh, property managers and hosts get caught up in um, not wanting to deep discount or not wanting to discount their nightly rates too much. And so when they think about discounting by 50%, it may give them some kind of negative reaction. But the reality is, as I just said, uh, 50% is better than no percent. And that day is going to just sit there. Uh, empty, you're not earning money on that day. And uh, uh, that will always be worse than 50% of whatever you were getting. Plus, you're going to get a, you're going to get a satisfied uh, 
you know, guest who's already with you. So exactly. And, you know, you can, obviously you can choose to, to, to give a, a smaller discount, you know, even 30% or 40% uh, could, could entice people to book that extra day. Sure. Uh, but the, the other thing I like about it is that it's so easy to like operationally, it's so easy because, you know, once, so I send a message to a guest and I say, Hey, you want to stay an extra day? I'll give you this discount. And then they, res- they respond and they say, yeah, let's go for it. I literally just go into the Airbnb reservation and I, I change it. And then uh, the, the guests get notified that there's a proposed change and then they accept it and that's it. No, yeah, other, there's, there's very little friction involved in, you know, extending an, a current uh, a reservation that has already been booked. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And so, um, you know, quick shameless plug, uh, you know, Guestbook also offers an extended stay feature for guests that can't necessarily stay uh, an extra day, but in instances where checkout might be 10 a.m. Uh, and their flight isn't until 7 p.m., uh, you know, we allow property managers to charge an additional late checkout fee uh, set by an hourly rate. And so it's a little bit of a spin on that same uh, topic, but um, it's a seamless uh, process as well. Yeah, it's like making efficiently use of of uh, of of the assets, right? You want to... Yeah. Like an like like you said, when the house is empty, it doesn't you know, it doesn't really help anyone. Um, right. One one last uh, piece of advice, if you were to to try this, is you know once you get a booking that creates a gap, you want to be you know you want to contact the guest as soon as possible uh, because once the flights have been booked, for example, it's it's you know it's a lot harder for uh, for your guests to to change the days, right? So True. always be very be very fast. All right. Uh, let's see. The last category is marketing. Well, there's a lot of advice in the marketing section. There is. So again, I, I, I do truly want to recommend that everybody go and download this book. And, and Jeremy, after we've, we've gone through the marketing section, uh, yeah, I'll give you a chance to, to let the people know uh, how they can get the book. Um, but, uh, but first, let's dive into it. Make short videos about what makes your market unique. Interview local restaurants, best surf spots, best hiking trails, local hangouts, surf shops, best sushi place in town, and all points in between. Promoting those, those hotspots will drive traffic to your site and also result in more units and more bookings. So this is something that I think you can apply in a lot of different ways. Um, you know, there's there's something to be said for you know if if you have an Airbnb, then you know you you have to research your area, right? You have to find the, the places where your guests would like to go, and you already have to take pictures so you can put them in your photo gallery mm-hmm. and in your guidebook, and so you may as well go you know one step further and and create some videos and and just create some awesome content about your about your neighborhood. Right when I did uh, when I was hosting in Amsterdam, you know, I actually had a travel blog called uh, the Traveling Dutchman that I I don't really do much with anymore. But I used to post some you know some stuff about my travels and stuff. And then and and so I thought when I was uh, you know I was compiling my guidebook and stuff, I was like I might as well publish this content on my blog in addition to you know the guidebook and my Airbnb listing. And so I I wrote a couple blog posts. Uh, one was about my neighborhood, about my, the pipe where I used to live in Amsterdam. And that blog post actually turned into a massive, uh, 
uh, a mess, it delivered me a massive amount of traffic because it became like the number one or the number two article to show up in Google for my neighborhood. And so suddenly I was getting so much traffic. And so, and then I added a link to my Airbnb listing and I started getting bookings from it. But also I was getting, I was getting so many emails from people who were saying, Hey, I just uh, read your article about the pipe and uh, it, uh, it looks awesome. So I'm, I want to stay your neighborhood. Um, and not they wouldn't book always book my Airbnb, but then still you know they would reach out and and so I you know I just thought it was it was pretty cool. Sure, yeah. Well, you know, producing content about the, the neighborhood where your properties are uh, is always going to win, especially if you have time and opportunity to promote the local businesses. Um, I think it's similar to uh, investing in your team. Uh, if you invest in these uh, in your neighborhood and producing content and promoting local businesses, it's going to have a couple of net positive effects. One, um, it's going to inform the guests uh, who are coming in to stay with you about everything that's available to them in their neighborhood. Not to say that they can't do their own research as well. On top of that, uh, promoting these local businesses, um, I think goes a real long way towards fostering relationships with those businesses. And in turn, uh, they are more likely to also promote you. And so as you produce the content, whether it be video, blog posts, photos, um, audio, maps, um, and compile it all onto either a web page or some kind of a guidebook, um, without a doubt, uh, there's, an, there's a massive uh, amount of benefit to doing so. Absolutely. And you don't need to have a blog or a website, right? You could simply create a YouTube channel and just upload a bunch of videos from your neighborhood and some interviews with, with some of the local business owners, for example. Sure. Uh, you just call the YouTube channel. You just name it after your property. You name it after your neighborhood. And, you know, it's, it's not really that much work. Uh, it's, it's pretty easy to do. And who knows? You might be surprised with how many views you end up getting. And uh, you might even get, uh, get bookings from it. Yeah, these days there's YouTube, there's Instagram, there's Facebook. There's so many different places where you can post video content. Uh, and, and photo content as well. So, um, you know, I definitely recommend it. Great. Well, that was it as far as the advice. I think a lot of uh, lot of great stuff in there. And of course, uh, the book is, is 108 tips. So if you want to get all the advice and all the information, Jeremy is going to tell you guys right now how you can get this uh, amazing uh, book for free. Sure. So come on over to uh, our website. It is useguestbook.com forward slash book. It's that simple. Uh, useguestbook.com forward slash book. And uh, just one uh, note, there's actually 110 tips we threw in too as a bonus. Just, just as I was thinking, this doesn't get any better. You're making it better. Uh, I always aim to drive value to, uh, you know, to the people, Jasper. <laughs> <laughs> awesome, man. I, uh, I appreciate it. Uh, and well, if you, if you go to usebestguestbook.com, uh, you might as well take a look at the other resources that these guys have compiled because uh, there's there's a lot of cool stuff in there. Uh, there's uh, the short-term rental industry map for 2019, so it has all the all the tools, all the all the, the influencers, the blogs, the property managers, and, and you name it. Uh, there's like an ultimate cleaning and supply checklist, a perfect welcome letter template. There's there's a whole bunch of resources out there that uh, I I can definitely tell that they're they're good resources they're they're good content so and it's all it's all for free so why not awesome, yeah, our Jeremy. goal 
Yeah, our goal to create these resources is really to ensure that people are as educated as possible uh, about the industry. Uh, so we make these tools and these resources available to them. Some of them get updated every year. Uh, we're always coming out with new ones. Um, and so uh, we definitely be uh, excited to have people download and then uh, give us the opportunity to keep in touch. Sweet, man. Great job. And I'm looking forward to your next resource. I'm sure it'll be a good one as well. Already in the works. And uh, happy to, uh, to be involved and contribute as well, of course. Whenever, whenever we can just uh, you know, be blessed with a few minutes of your time, we're always grateful, Jasper. <laughs> awesome, man. Thanks, Jeremy. And thanks for, to the listeners for listening. Hope you enjoyed this podcast. And next week on Wednesday, there's going to be another one. So I hope to see you then. Bye-bye. Yeah.